Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. So, we've been making comments for five years now. It's over a hundred episodes and counting. And our plan? Well, it's to keep making more seasons, even more episodes. And when I say we, I don't just mean the Commons team. I'm including you, our listeners and supporters. We can't make this show without you. We can't keep bringing you exceptional reporting every week without your support. We want to make it as easy as possible for you to become a Canadaland supporter. So from now until the end of May, we have a special deal for our listeners. Sign up now for just $2 a month for the next six months. You'll get access to all the episodes of Commons one week early and ad-free, as well as exclusive bonus content from all of our shows. There's discounts on merch, tickets to our live events, and so much more. This is a limited-time offer, and it's a pretty great deal that helps support our journalism. Just go to canadaland.com join or click the link in your show notes to become a supporter today. Marilyn Morrison was in a meeting. As the mayor of Caledon, a collection of small communities just outside of Toronto, she would often have sit-downs with constituents to help with whatever problems they were having. Oh my gosh, I'm in a meeting with an elderly couple who has some charges against them from the town for holding weddings in their barn. <laughs> and <laughs> I mean, how cute, right? And, um, and, and they would get paid to have these weddings in their barn because people wanted this country wedding, right? But it was illegal for them to do that because they didn't have fire suppression and they didn't have, you know, maybe the washer, I don't know. In the middle of the meeting, her cell phone started to ring. It was her husband, John, and he said that he had just been attacked. So I went back in my office. I got my composure back. Went back in my office, and I said to the couple, because they knew John and I. We, we know tons of people. And I said, I am so sorry, but I have to go. They said, what's the matter? And I said, well, John's been attacked in our driveway. So I said, I have to go. And they went, oh, attacked. And I said, that's okay. Goodbye. And I grabbed my purse and ran out the door. John had been taking a course in Toronto. And when he got back home, he pulled up into his driveway, got out of his car, and started walking to the backyard to feed the dogs. All of a sudden, he heard footsteps behind him. And just as he turned to see who it was, a man smashed him in his face, knocking him down onto one knee. There was blood everywhere. Police would later say that the attacker likely had brass knuckles on, or a roll of quarters rolled up in his fist. The man ran back to a black Cadillac Escalade with the driver waiting inside and sped off. John never got a good look at his face. The Morrisons may not have known who assaulted John, but they knew what it was about. Because for years, a war had been raging in Caledon. It started off as a typical political argument. How much development can this community handle? Is 21,000 more people too many? 
It's the kind of fight that's happening in small towns and big cities across the country. And things were normal at first. There were council meetings and editorials in the local paper, but now it was becoming violent. On one side stood Marilyn Morrison, the mayor who wanted to keep her community the way it is. But the forces on the other side? They're a different story altogether. When all was said and done, Morrison would end up facing off against deep-pocketed developers, mafia enforcers, corrupt federal officials, and the full force of the Ontario government. I'm Archie Mann, and from Canada Land, this is Commons. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This episode is brought to you in part by the Douglas Mattress. Now, I've said it before and I'll say it again. One of the best, and I mean the best things you can do for yourself, is to get a good quality mattress. The time is now, people. Douglas is giving our listeners a free sleep bundle with each mattress purchase. Get the sheets, pillows, mattress protector, and pillow protectors free with your Douglas purchase today. Visit douglas.ca slash CanadaLand to claim this offer. That's douglas.ca slash CanadaLand to claim this offer. So we've been making comments for five years now. It's over 100 episodes and counting. And our plan? Well, it's to keep making more seasons, even more episodes. And when I say we, I don't just mean the Commons team. I'm including you, our listeners and supporters. We can't make this show without you. We can't keep bringing you exceptional reporting every week without your support. We want to make it as easy as possible for you to become a CanadaLand supporter. So, from now until the end of May, we have a special deal for our listeners. Sign up now for just $2 a month for the next six months. You'll get access to all the episodes of Commons one week early and ad-free, as well as exclusive bonus content from all of our shows. There's discounts on merch, tickets to our live events, and so much more. This is a limited-time offer, and it's a pretty great deal that helps support our journalism. Just go to canadaland.com join or click the link in your show notes to become a supporter today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. The secret to summer-ready skin is here. Osea's number one best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil, clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity and transform dry skin to silky, soft, and unbelievably glowing. Its signature scent of freshly squeezed grapefruit, cypress, and mango mandarin transports you to sun-kissed summer days. Get healthy, glowing skin for summer with clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code GLOW at OseaMalibu.com. 
invite you to visit us in Caledon, in the beautiful hills of Headwaters. Located less than an hour northwest of Toronto, lies a region of unsurpassed rural beauty and sophistication. Here you'll find wonderful people, authentic Ontario countryside... Caledon isn't just one town. It's a community made up of a number of smaller communities. With over 700 square kilometers of rural land nestled right next to the ever-expanding Toronto megalopolis, Caledon has had developers salivating over it for a long time. But the residents, many of whom are quite wealthy, just don't want to see Caledon change. And when she was elected mayor in 2003, Marilyn Morrison was determined to keep things more or less the way that they are. But as soon as she assumed office, the developers came calling. Very shortly after I became mayor, within months, um, there, I mean, of course, there's people who want to come in and see you and meet with you and tell you their ideas and see if you're amenable to it and all of that sort of thing. So this fellow, um, Benny Murado, he made an appointment. He came in to see me. Benny Murata is the owner of Solmar Development, a residential and commercial developer. Murata, who started his career as a bricklayer, founded the company three decades ago. And since then, it's grown into a significant player in southern Ontario. And when Murata walked into Morrison's office in 2004, his company was already one of the biggest investors in Caledon. He was in the initial stages of getting approval to build a large office park. But he wanted to take things to the next level. Murata hoped to turn around 740 hectares of agricultural land, which was right next to his proposed office park, into residences. That would end up adding around 21,000 more people to the area. But to get that, he'd need a zoning change, and that would require him getting Morrison on board. So, he told her his plan. And I looked at it, and I said, well, I hate to tell you, but that does not look like Caledon. Murata, however, tells a different story. He has said that Morrison didn't object to the plan at all during their meeting. So he went off to continue work on the office park and to start buying land that could be turned into housing. Morrison started to rally opposition to the kind of development that Murata and Solmar were proposing. In 2006, Caledon Council, led by Morrison, voted to freeze the population of the part of Caledon that the developers had been working on. By this point, Murata had invested around $50 million into the town, and that investment was now in jeopardy. To Morrison, that was just the risk that came with speculating on development. But Solmar felt that they had been misled. They tried to persuade the council to change their minds. But after that failed, Solmar decided to play hardball. It started with the newspaper. In 2008, a new publication named Caledon Perspective started appearing on the doors of Caledon residents. It was delivered to every home in Caledon and every business every week for 10 months before it stopped. And I was the first four to six pages every week. And if you didn't know me, you would have thought that I was the most devious, horrendous mayor going. The paper was created by a publishing company that Murata was an investor in, and it was edited by someone who had done marketing for Solmar Developments. But that's what they were trying to do. They were trying to get the people of Caledon to think that I was crooked, fraudulent, and all of these things, but it didn't work. I lived there for 30, 37 years. People knew me. 
It was around that time that Morrison's husband realized that he was being followed. John had been heading to the school he taught at when he saw the black Escalade tailing him. And he noticed the vanity plates. They read, Papa Pump. That's P-A-P-A-P-U-M-P. When he arrived at work and got out of his car, two men got out of the Escalade and approached him. And he said, have you been following me? And they said, we've been following you for some time. The first thing they told John was that they had compromising photos of his wife with another man, and they'd release them to the press if they didn't get what they wanted. John, he coolly asked to see the photos. The two men changed the subject. They told him that this was a friendly visit, but if his wife didn't change her vote on development, John would find out what an unfriendly visit was like. The men left, and the Morrisons went to the police. And they were told that things like this rarely escalate to actual violence. It was 10 days later that John was attacked at his home. Thanks to the vanity plates, the police eventually tracked down one of the men that had threatened John earlier in the week. Can you imagine being a a heavy for the mafia or for the organized crime and being, um, uh, having a, a vanity plate? Well, you must be really stupid. But anyway. (laughs) And the guy with the Papa Pump license plate? His name is Vladimir Vranik. Vranik is muscular, tattooed, and has a criminal record for assault. An internal Ontario Provincial Police report from July 2008 that was obtained by the Globe and Mail states that Vranik, quote, has known links to the Camiso organized crime family. And Vranik was upfront about his ties. According to an arrest report, he told police that his group would never attack someone in such a Mickey Mouse manner. Instead, they would blow up a car or kidnap someone. Vranick eventually pleaded guilty for threatening John Morrison, but no one has been charged with the actual assault. Solmar and Murata have vigorously denied that they had any connection to Vranick, and they note that when Vranick threatened John Morrison, he brought up wanting to develop an entirely different part of Caledon than where Solmar had its investments. Marilyn Morrison never thought small-town politics could get this rough. But this was only the beginning of her troubles. That same year, 2008, Morrison began to hear some rumors about herself. Well, let's put it this way. Some people in Bolton had called me and said, Marilyn, there's a rumor going around that you're going to have to resign in August. And this was uh, May or June. And I said, what? And they said, yes, they say that you've committed fraud. I said, I don't know what you're talking about. That's ridiculous. In short order, she got a call from the Ontario Provincial Police. An officer came to talk to her. So on the Wednesday, he came and uh, he told me that um, they had had a complaint which had been taken straight to the commissioner of the OPP saying that um, there was a dirty mayor in Caledon, and um, that she's taken bribes. And he said, well, I have to tell you, we've investigated. We've spent four and a half months investigating two detectives. We've subpoenaed all your bank records. We've looked into everything. And he said, you're squeaky clean. There's nothing. And I said, well, I could have told you that if you had to come and ask me. (laughs) I said, I've had one speeding ticket in my whole life, and I'm not a young person anymore. 
By this point, Morrison had had enough. And I said, well, I'm going to tell you what I think. Whoever is doing this to me, you need to find out because this is serious stuff. And I'm sick and tired of having this happen. I'm sick and tired of lawsuits. I'm sick and tired of, of being threatened. I'm sick and tired of, um, I mean, I had police protection for two and a half years, for heaven's sakes. Um, I'm sick and tired of all this stuff. And you people as police need to find out what's going on. It took two years, but eventually police made an arrest. Jeffrey Granger, an auditor for the Canada Revenue Agency, eventually pleaded guilty to taking bribes, breach of trust, and fraud. According to an agreed statement of facts between prosecutors and Granger, here's what happened. Benny Murata had heard rumors that Morrison had been taking kickbacks from other developers. So he reached out to Granger. Alongside his job at the Canada Revenue Agency, Granger offered consulting services to Solmar and other developers. Murata asked Granger to find out if there was any truth to the allegations against Morrison. From his perch within the CRA, Granger claimed to have found two checks Morrison had gotten from other developers. Murata took this evidence to a police officer friend of his who sent it along to the Ontario Provincial Police, and that set in motion the investigation into Morrison. But Granger had fabricated the evidence entirely. There had been no bribes. In short, a federal tax auditor had tried to frame an elected official. Granger had been paid around $500,000 by Murata's companies for his consulting services, which Murata said was for what he believed to be legitimate business. Neither Murata nor Solmar were ever accused of criminal wrongdoing or charged with anything to do with this incident. After pleading guilty to fabricating the evidence against Morrison, as well as attempting to interfere in tax audits for other developers, Granger was sentenced to three years in prison. And during his sentencing, Granger told a Toronto Star reporter that this simply wasn't the whole story. This is bigger than me, he said. I'm the scapegoat. Marilyn Morrison is still living with the consequences. Every year, for five or six years, I got a notice from Canada Revenue Agency that they weren't accepting my filings. And that um, it, it was almost like they were auditing me every year. I was the person that their person, you know, did it to. So, I mean, I was the victim, and they have me as a high risk? I was furious. As all of this madness was unfolding, Marilyn Morrison's husband, John, warned his wife about what he thought was coming next. My husband had been telling me all along that since he couldn't get his way, the developer bought him up, that he would go top down to the province and get them on side. In 2013, a decade after Morrison had been elected mayor, that prophecy appeared to come true. That year, Kathleen Wynne became the new Liberal Premier of Ontario, and she appointed Glenn Murray to take on two of the most important portfolios, transportation and infrastructure. Murray, a former mayor of Winnipeg and a cabinet minister under the last premier, had run and lost the leadership race that brought Wynne to power. Almost immediately after he was appointed as infrastructure minister, Murray took a special interest in Caledon. A 
According to the Globe and Mail, a month after he took the job, Murray traveled with someone from Solmar to the part of Caledon that they had wanted to develop. And during the visit, Murray emailed his chief of staff to ask about what powers he had as minister with regards to the proposed development. But his chief of staff was clear. There was no action he could take. And he went even further. The entire Caledon debacle had made its way to the Ontario Municipal Board, a body that can overturn municipal zoning decisions. And Murray's chief of staff warned him that the trip could get him into hot water. Quote, I hope you're not in the Bolton area with anyone who might have an active OMB case, his chief of staff told him in an email. Quote, Ministers meeting with active OMB appellants can be grounds for the premier to ask for your resignation because it can look like you're trying to influence the outcome of an OMB case. But Murray's interest in Caledon continued. A few weeks later, Marilyn Morrison got a call from his office. Murray wanted to meet. She drove into Toronto with some of her staff to meet Murray at his office in Queen's Park. The meeting was intense from the get-go. He basically told us we didn't know how to plan. Um, we, he told me I was out of control. Um, he said that, uh, you know, you can't just do anything you want and all that. And I said, we're not. Like, I, I mean, I can understand my staff um, not being able to talk back. But I'll be gall darned if, if he is going to tell my staff that we don't know what we're doing, that they don't know what they're doing, and, and that we're totally out of control when we have met all of the provincial conformity uh, that we were supposed to meet. Everything. But then Murray asked all of the staffers to leave the room, leaving him and Morrison alone together. And if I had have had any brains in my head, I would have said, I'm not meeting you one-on-one. But I didn't do that. I was shocked that he sent all the staff out of the room, and I'm like a deer in the headlights thinking, what the heck is going on? It was then that Morrison alleges Murray threatened her. So then he told me that he had some serious complaints against me and that they could go away if we make these lands uh, residential. And I just looked at him and said, you know something? I don't have any skeletons in my closet. I haven't done anything seriously wrong in my life, other than that one speeding ticket. And I said, so you go right ahead and knock yourself out. I am not changing these lands to residential. They are our employment lands. We need that assessment. And I absolutely refuse Morrison says Murray demanded one last time that she better change the zoning. And I said, um, over my dead body. Glenn Murray didn't respond to our request for comment. But speaking to the Globe and Mail, he says he recalls the meeting differently. Murray says he doesn't remember asking anyone to leave the room during the meeting, but he also doesn't deny doing so. He also said that the meeting never got rude or heated and it was generally pleasant. Murray said they called the meeting with Mayor Morrison because he felt Caledon wasn't conforming to the province's official growth plan. But after the meeting, Morrison thought back to everything she'd been through the last few years, and she felt the need to stand firm. There's no way you're going to threaten me. I mean, I am going to do what is right for my community. Marilyn Morrison retired as mayor of Caledon in 2014 after 11 years in the job. 
but the debate over development in Caledon is still raging on. For Morrison, the whole experience has changed her view of how power operates in Canada. In fact, I've said many times to John, I wish I didn't know everything I knew. Well, I think everybody gets into politics for the right reason. They want to help the community. And then all of a sudden, somebody comes along that needs something, has lots of money, wines and dines them, takes them here and there and whatever, lets them sit in their box at Maple Leaf Gardens, and they've got them. They own them. And then some of them, and especially the men, think they're players. You know, they think they're players in, in the big scene. Well, that's because if they weren't in politics, they'd be nothing. There was a gentleman, and I, I won't give you his name because I, I, he probably wouldn't want me to because he told me confidentially. Um, and he was the vice president of a, a big bank in Toronto and um, dealt with, with a lot of developers. And he told me that they would go out for lunch and uh, that the developers would brag, it would be near Christmas time, about the brown paper bags that they had to hand out to the politicians for services rendered and getting the right votes. And I thought, are you serious? <laughs> you know, I was a little naive, I guess. And he said, yes, Marilyn. He said, it happens. Now, we have no way of confirming if these stories about brown paper bags are true. But here's the thing. I haven't told you the whole story. Everything you just heard, you're still missing a crucial piece of the puzzle. And it provides one possible explanation for why a cabinet minister might have been so interested in a development in a sleepy town. There were people working behind the scenes to shape the events in Caledon. They weren't elected officials or registered lobbyists or party bosses, but they appear to wield enormous power at multiple levels of government in Ontario. Over the last 20 years, these people have helped take over the board of a hospital, were involved in getting Toronto to give a contract to a mob-affiliated company, and have gotten millions of dollars in unexplained fees from Canada's biggest school board. We might not have any evidence of brown paper bags, but we do have evidence of a system much bigger than any of this. And at its center is one man. We'll tell you all about him on the next episode of Commons. That's your episode of Commons for this week. This show was built on previous reporting by The Globe and Mail, Toronto Life, and The Toronto Star, and we'll provide links to those stories on our website, candlelandshow.com. And I really do hope you'll check those out and support the great journalism that those publications do. If you want to get in touch with us, you can tweet us at CandlelandCommons, that's C-M-N-S. You can also email me, Arshi, at candlelandshow.com. This episode was produced by TK Matunda, Kevin Sexton, and me, Arshi Mann. 
Our managing editor is Kevin Sexton, and our music is by Nathan Burley. If you like what we do, please help us make this show. You can support us and get ad-free podcasts by going to patreon.com slash Canada Land.